Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the hilarious comedian and violist, Isabel Hagen. Welcome, Isabel. Yes, hello. Hey, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. This is great. Um, so just to start off, um, where are you from? How'd you get started in comedy? Just like, tell us about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I'm from New York city. I grew up in lower Manhattan and I, for most of my life was a musician. I thought I was always going to be a musician. I started really young on the violin. My dad is a professional saxophone player. My older brother played music, still plays music. Uh, so I was really in the family and I was, you know, on track to just be a musician, went to Juilliard, uh, all that stuff. And then I always had this love of comedy, love of stand-up. I would watch George Carlin and, you know, Chappelle and a few others and just think it was like magic. Like I just loved stand-up, but I never thought I could do it. I was like very shy. Uh, And also I was just like, I'm a violist. This is like my, this is my thing. And then I had a wrist injury when I was in my master's degree and I couldn't play for two months. So I was like, well, what a perfect time to just like go to an open mic. I'd been kind of like researching them and seeing, like I couldn't shake this like drive to want to do comedy. It just like didn't leave me. So I went to an open mic and, you know, it was like one of those mics at like Broadway comedy club, like five other comedians in the audience. And that was it. Uh, But I loved it. And I knew that I wanted to, do that more but I was still in school so then when I graduated then I just started to go to open mics every day like weaving around my like freelance viola career and then I just it went from there you know you just go to open mics as much as you can and that kind of builds out to other stuff (laughs) awesome um and so we talked about this a little bit but why why did you go with the viola instead of um the violin or something a little more mainstream (laughs) (laughs) I love thinking of like classical violin as mainstream but um (laughs) I started violin when I was five and that was just because I like probably saw it on tv like I don't even remember I just like knew I wanted to play the violin and then when I was 10 my older brother had a friend who played viola and my brother's a pianist so they he would come over and they would like play together and I just like loved this friend. I thought he was so cool and like had a huge crush on him. And I was like, I want to play the viola. And so yeah. also like a year before my mom had said like, well, you know, you could switch to viola because you'll have like more opportunities. It's kind of like playing like wa- being like a water polo person instead of like football, you know, like it's just yeah. more uh, niche. And so, but I was like, no, I don't want to switch to viola. And then later on I did. And then when I did, all of a sudden I was like super needed at my community music school. Like everyone was like, oh, you play viola? You know, there weren't that many of me at my age playing. So I was like needed and I felt like all of a sudden like useful and like a part of something more than when I played the violin. Yes, it's like you don't, it's not drugs and alcohol that make you cool. It's taking up the viola. Oh yeah, (laughs) it was, uh, let me tell you, I I had so many people pounding down my door. We got to get Isabel in our in our chamber group but no (laughs) the talk of the town yeah (laughs) um do you feel like your uh career as a musician and like playing the viola and all your experience there has affected your comedy career well I think it helped that I had already like navigated through one 
and networked and, and done that and sort of seen what goes into something else. It's like anything takes an, an immense amount of work, you know, sorry, there's a truck. I don't know if that's coming through, but uh, everything takes so much work. And I think because I knew how much work music took, I knew how much work comedy would take. So I think that helped me early on, just like in terms of really like working hard at it, knowing that if I wanted anything close to a some sort of career, I would have to like put in the hours. So definitely like the discipline helped um, in terms of like the artistic like similarities, I could get into that. I mean, there's definitely just, you know, comedy is so musical, like timing the jokes with the laughs and and just having like a musical background, you know, when you're like callbacks, there's so many musical elements of comedy yeah. that I, I love. And I think I love it more maybe because of my background in music. Right. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, and also, like, as I've said, like, I've done, um, like, I've been a musician my whole life. I honestly didn't even think so much, like, didn't even think about how musical comedy could be. I mean, I think that might be a good way to think about it going forward. Because um, it's like, it is so, like, you're so right. Um, there really is so much, like, you are kind of, like, composing something. Um, yeah. yeah. And, like, the timing of, like, you know, if we've all done done comedy like when you are working on a joke and it doesn't work and then you just change one word or like the the timing you put like a gap between two words and all of a sudden the joke works like yeah. that's music you know yeah. it's aural it's yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely I also feel like I'll like practice parts of sets that I don't like I got this out of like my piano practice like piano lesson skills I guess is that like if there's like a part of the set that I have trouble getting through or like it's kind of like bumpy I'll practice that section over and over and over again instead of like the whole thing from the beginning which I feel like is a very like music practicing skill totally like honing yeah. in it's very efficient you know like yeah okay this is the part that needs attention and like recording our sets and listening back like that's also super useful as a musician recording yourself because the things you think are bad are usually not and things you don't even notice you're like oh that sucks yeah. <laughs> You know, I thought yeah. I was out of tune, but actually it's my bow arm that's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing about string instruments. <laughs> for any, yeah, sorry. I'm getting a little inside baseball here, but for any <laughs> players listening, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Our wide violist audience. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so one of our, one of the super cool things um, about your comedy career is that you um, made a late night appearance on Jimmy Fallon. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how like comedians get booked on late night um, and just kind of like the rundown of your experience and that process? Yeah, um, so it's it's kind of mysterious, you know, you'll, I mean, but, but then not, I, I'll just tell you before Fallon, I had been working towards a different late night set on a different show that fell through um and then I ended up doing just for laughs in Montreal which is something that you just audition for you know you get on the showcase and then a callback so that's how I got that did Montreal the the booker for Fallon was there saw me in Montreal and then invited me to do like an audition showcase officially for Fallon at New York Comedy Club and so I did that and then a couple months later I got a call saying that I was booked so it was kind of like you know it just happened in this very systematic way. Um, and there is just like, there are just bookers for all of these shows. And essentially it's like, they just need to see you and, and like you. I mean, I think there are other 
ways if you're like promoting a, a special and you have a whole PR company behind you, maybe they get you on the show too. But in terms of being like, you know, a newer comedian with not like a huge thing to promote. Um, one crazy thing about my set is that I did it on March 11th, 2020, which was like the day before the shutdown. Oh my like God. literally my tonight show set was on the last tonight show with a live audience before the pandemic so wow it, i got it in just in time and wow. you know part part of me was like bummed because i was really excited to sort of use that momentum to get more shows and then part of me was like really happy i ended on a high note because it was going to be a really long time before i performed <laughs> again so at least i had that to kind of like ride that high for a little bit yeah that's um, crazy that's so lucky. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely hear how it's like, oh, but I can't use it, but you'll still be able to. Cause I promise no one else has gotten it either. Right. <laughs> like since right. you're still the most recent late night appearance. Well, they've started, they started booking people during the pandemic again, but it's not like there've yeah. been a ton and it's like, yeah, it's not that long ago. Their YouTube yeah. is still up there. You can, I can yeah. still send that tape around and no one's like, well, like nothing really happened for you after it's like, yeah, the world <laughs> shuts down. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Is there like a lot of buzz around like 30 Rock about like it maybe shutting down? Like, were they talking about it at all? Or like, what was the world like in, I don't know, in comedy and late night? I don't know from what you could gauge while you were there. It was super weird that day because I, I remember the booker was and I were chatting and he was like, yeah, this is the last show with an audience. And it was like, should we even be here? You know, it was like very <laughs> surreal. And like Bernie Sanders was a guest on the show. It was like right before he, I think, officially conceded or something. And it was just like every, like the world, it really kind of felt like the world was ending in a weird way. But I was also like, you know, doing something that I was really excited about, like living a dream. And then leading up to the show, I kept telling people, I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, things keep getting shut down. I don't know if my Tonight Show that's going to happen. And everyone was like, NBC wouldn't shut down. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that would be insane. And then like, you know, everything. It was like one of those, because I'm a super paranoid person. So everyone's always like, yeah. Isabel, come on. Like, this is just your, like, my therapist was like, Isabel, there is no way that set's not going to happen. Like she was trying to like give me a pep talk and then like it really almost didn't <laughs> so just speaks to like the unprecedented nature of what we went through i guess so absolutely it's really just such a crazy thing and that feel i was in a play right up until the end and i remember people asking like should we maybe not do it but we're gonna do it because we don't shut down till later but it's like yeah but if we're shutting not shutting down for health should we be here <laughs> now like it's not like it's gonna start in two days it was really just such a weird time but I guess we're still kind of in it so like what would you say you've been doing uh since the pan during the pandemic with comedy like how have you been keeping comedy alive for yourself during this time well for the beginning of it I you know I was just doing zoom stuff I did like my own weekly zoom show where like mostly like friends and family would come in and I would like try new jokes and like sing songs and my roommate's a DJ and we would just like you know basically try to have fun and smile in a crazy time and make everyone laugh so I did that for a little while weekly I was also a part of this virtual immersive theater show that happened I think it's still happening called Eschaton um and it was like different Zoom rooms that people could like go in and out of. And 
I had done like an Instagram live show and the person booking that had like seen my Instagram live somehow and like asked me to do that. So I had like a kind of cool virtual gig for a while during the pandemic as well. Um, and then I wanted to go to LA for a little bit to be with my partner and like stop doing the show. But so I had like a few phases. I had like the like zoom heavy phase. Then I had a phase where I really like took a break, honestly, like I really didn't perform like quote live, like on zoom or like in person at all. And was like writing a little bit, you know, I write scripts and things and I, I, I want to make, I made a web series and I want to make like a bigger version of it. So I was like sort of brainstorming that a little, but I really took like a, a break, um, which I think was good. I, I think sometimes you got to just kind of surrender and like, there's not much we could have done. I mean, some people were really doing like heavy TikTok and like Instagram, like trying to make a lot of virtual content. And I think that's really cool. I just didn't feel motivated to do that for whatever reason. I just knew this was like a time to pause and like take advantage of it. When else are we going to get that time? You know, not that I want to take advantage of a horrible thing, but you know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> it was what it was. Yeah. Um, and then I started a podcast as everyone did. And so that really sort of took, that took me through to the, to the la for the last stretch, you know, it carried me through. And then, you know, there've been a lot of live outdoor and now indoor shows. So starting in like mid March, I started doing regular shows again and it's been like that ever since. So so that was kind of a long winded answer, but <laughs> no, that's a great answer because I think that's so indicative of how this time has been for people where it's like, oh no, but we can't possibly be actually stopping. We got to keep going. And then it's like, no, I'm tired and I'm allowed to stop for this second. And then the picking back up again, I think that it's so okay to stop. And like you said, it's not taking advantage of a horrible thing. It's just kind of finding the flip side of it where mm -hmm. we weren't allowed as a society to stop ever but then it was like you know what you can that's okay and it's important <laughs> yeah and if it's it really came down to I didn't feel like I was growing from any of the stuff I was doing like at first it was cool to perform for people on zoom it was like a new thing but after a while I just got really tired of it and didn't feel like I was improving myself in any way everyone was kind of getting sick of Zoom anyway. So I was just like, there's no point in stressing myself out. The better, it would actually be better for my mind and my creativity to give myself the space. And then I know when it picks up, I'll get right back in there and I'll be okay. You know, it's like all okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. And so then you mentioned you were working on a web series. Was that during the pandemic times? So I luckily had shot the whole web series before the pandemic and okay. had, mo and so was finishing the edits during it. So that's like a great thing to be doing as well. Like, cause yeah. it's just about your computer. And I was working with an editor and we were doing that and that was really fun. And then I sort of sat on it for a while and like kept it private and like sent it to like some festivals and things. But then I just decided in September to like put it out September of 2020 uh, so it felt like I had made this thing like during the pandemic somehow, but I didn't. There was no like <laughs> pandemic magic or anything. It was just a uh, regular web series that timed out to be released during the pandemic. But that yeah. was fun to have something to put out. I was really grateful for that. <laughs> you had a lot of uh, things you created just under the wire. Like that's brilliant. <laughs> I know. I really, it was like, you know, good timing, which is the What name did of my you podcast, know that we but... didn't? Um... <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It's almost like I had a sense that you know, I was like, I better get this all. all done. <laughs> well, I think it, it happened because I, 
I knew I was maybe doing a Tonight Show set soon. So I was kind of like, okay, I should like get my ducks in a row and like try to have things to promote. And even though I didn't end up getting the, the web series done in time, I think I was kind of like pushing for that. So mm-hmm. that kind of like timed a lot of things to then end, you know, to be finished right then. <laughs> no, that's, that's really so good wild. No, I, uh, you know, I, I'm big into, I was following the moon and astrology and it was telling me to, uh, no, I don't follow astrology yet, actually. <laughs> I, <do> you, <laughs> no offense to anyone who really, I know people take that very seriously, but uh, I don't. Do. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I know people do. I do oh, not. Yeah. I went to yeah. a show, I was in a show on, on Tuesday and someone else on the show was like, said to like an audience member, they were like, an astrology's dumb. And the audience member like debated it with them. They're like, no, it's not. And they got like, like in the middle, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. I I was like about to tweet something once like, okay, so like, we don't all actually believe this, right? Like, (laughs) and then I was like, I feel like I'm going to really offend people because some people really live by it. And it's very, so much. My thing is, I don't believe in it. I really don't. But I also recognize that I'm an Aries, Sun, Capricorn, Moon, Sagittarius, Rising, and that means X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, these are things I know. But then I'm like, I don't care. But let me just check the pattern quickly. I know you're like, like but in case it is true, let me just like look. Yeah. At, let me. I mean, it's like fun. You know, like I've definitely been like, okay, what sign am I? What sign is the guy I'm dating? And are we compatible? Like, let's see, you know, and try to find like trends. Like, ooh, do I always date Sagittarius? Like why? But <laughs> totally. But at the end of the day, I think. Or like I had friends who used to have this like astrology based um, radio show. It was actually very cool. And they're both very like informed on it. And so I'm very willing. I'm very open to people who fully believe in them. Like, that's very cool. Tell me more. Right. But um it's funny because again, I don't put a lot of stock into it, but then at times they'll be like, oh, I'm so stressed. And they'll get back to me and be like, well, actually this is what's happening in the sky right now. So perchance you're feeling this way. And sometimes they're right. And I'm like, that's yeah. curious. <laughs> no, I know it's, it's a very, um, it's a very intense thing. And pe- the way people take it so seriously, part of me is like, oh, maybe it is. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Missing something yeah um, our lives would be so much better if we just yeah. understood yeah exactly. Saturn is in return or whatever you know yeah. <laughs> speaking of return you didn't <laughs> I recognize that on the recording no one else heard me slap on the desk but I went but um on um great the desk uh for our <laughs> podcast listeners but speaking of return do you how do you think this pandemic has affected comedy and the comedy world going forward do you think zoom shows are here to stay outdoor shows like what do you think the differences we'll see i don't my take is that it's not going to affect it that much i think outdoor shows will definitely stick around because we're so desperate for stage time that like any oh great more opportunities to perform sure especially in the summer like why wouldn't we um i think some zoom shows will stay definitely like I feel like maybe company like corporate gigs might go more on zoom because it's like easier and it's just like another option or like making shows accessible to people who couldn't, who can't go out. I think like in those ways, we'll maybe we'll keep zoom shows. I think every comic wants to get back to like what it was before the pandemic as much as they can though. And same with like club owners and everything. So I think it'll maybe just be like 
exactly how it was with a couple additions, which is kind of nice, you know, like, oh, there's also like this zoom option when it's appropriate. And also we can like go on a rooftop or in a park yeah. and do stuff when the weather is nice. But I feel like everyone is like so driven for it to be the way it was that it probably will be more or less the way it was barring any, you know, unforeseen stuff. But <laughs> I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Um, I feel like I thought Zoom was going to stick around more than it has is one thing I've noticed. Like I thought that like when we were talking to people in like early March, we like, right. We were talking like earlier, like before clubs had started to reopen, they'd a lot of time be like, oh, well, I bet like Zoom mics are going to stick around because it's so much easier to get the reps in and Zoom shows. I've noticed there have been at least with Zoom mics, like half the ones I was doing are no longer around. Right. So I thought it was going to be like, everyone was going to keep the Zoom mics because it sounded like they were gonna. And then we were also going to have like the full comedy world. And I feel like Zoom is kind of scaling back a little bit. Yeah, especially for open mics where it's just like, how good can the, if the purpose of those is really to like test material and yeah. how do you really get an accurate read on Zoom? But if it's like polished jokes that you're doing for like a company, then like that can kind of work on Zoom, you know? I kind of think they might, I think some Zoom mics are going to stick around because I don't think that they're, obviously they're not as clear of a read for working out jokes or anything as being physical are, but the I feel like I've said like three sentences today like Yoda like they're not quite in the right <laughs> order and so I would like to say that I hear that and I apologize <laughs> um but I think they're a good intermediate step in a way where you're, you're like let me test the waters and see if this has potential and then you can bring it to another open mic if you really wanted to because also with the zoom mics there's you there's less money behind it they're just more accessible like physical mic over zoom mic any day of the week but i do think there's a value to them in part that i don't know is gonna completely vanish but i have also seen them really be scaling back or getting canceled so yeah. it's interesting to see yeah yeah we'll see what happens well that's been my whole thing i just i don't know i feel like we were all so eager to predict things and we, we want to know now. And like the pandemic, it was like this first time where we really like couldn't say what was going to be like next week or next month. So I got kind of used to just being like, I don't know. We'll see. Like <laughs> we got today. This is what we're doing today. So, which is kind of a nice thing to sort of stay in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so if we're not on zoom so much anymore, like, going forward what is going on for you these days do you have any like exciting shows coming up like what now that we're kind of on our way to the after times what have you been doing uh well I just did a, a dry bar comedy set in Utah like last week which is this like the hair place <laughs> It's no, but oh. even better, it's it's in uh, Provo, Utah, where the population is like 90% Mormon. And they, uh. have, they have this, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, but they, they have this channel online called Dry Bar Comedy that's like marketed to, as like clean comedy, like comedy mm. for everybody. Um, but a lot of comedians I know do it. You know, you just have to be like 20 minutes 
clean basically yeah so and they it's really well produced they pay you all this stuff so it's kind of like worth it to do if you can do 20 clean minutes so I went out there and did that uh I think last week I, I can't keep track of the days and then when I was out there I headlined their regular club wise guys uh so that was really fun that was like my first like really like you know bigger thing that I did coming out of the pandemic and now it's just you know doing regular spots around the city until my next out-of-town thing my next gig but so nothing right now coming up specifically but I think hopefully soon more more headlining stuff and all that but so again it's all still kind of up in the air how clean is the clean show you did when you say clean do you mean like pg or pg 13 or g it's like really clean so like late night tv clean you can make references to things as long as you don't curse you know you don't want to be too explicit but for this show like they you don't even really want to make too many like references to like sex or like really specific things that so it was like the cleanest I've ever been and I was making you know not even I usually joke a lot about like relationships and dating as like a lot of people do but I really like veered away from those topics because those usually very quickly lead me to being like and then we banged in the you know (laughs) (laughs) um so you know doing more jokes about like playing viola and all that but yeah super clean it was a good exercise uh, but it's really fun now to just be doing regular spots again and not worrying. Cause I was like running the set a bunch leading up and I was like, just being very, very clean and like, <laughs> so, so clean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but yeah, <laughs> it was a, it's, it's tough. It's a good exercise. And it makes me envy like clean comedians because there's so many opportunities if you can work clean, like so many more opportunities. So totally. Yeah. And I think there's this whole thing this whole misconception that all of comedy is just like sex, drugs, alcohol, but it's like, yeah, but if clean stuff pays so well, well. it does. And it can be really creative in a a different way too. I mean, it made me want to have more clean jokes. I don't think I want to like devote myself to being a clean comedian, but I think there's like a real beauty and art to like the ones who can do clean really well. It's like, wow, that's like really really fucking cool sorry can I curse? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes you can totally curse here okay. <laughs> we're not, not clean on this show yeah no <laughs> we're pg-13 though <laughs> okay <laughs> no it's I also when I hear people talk about like clean comedy I'm like is that like do you talk about like bunnies like how do you <laughs> like I just I for some reason in my head I'm like it must be like a Disney movie comedy it can't be like I don't know. But you talk right. about like, but you talk about like your life, right? You're not I mean, like. Life. You're I've, I've watched a lot of clean comedians like to just, I feel like a trend amongst clean comedians is like grammar stuff, like word play, like funny things about the language, history. That's a good one that could keep yeah. it clean, like historical jokes. Uh, and then like, you know, funny things that happen to you at like when you're out and about, you know? <laughs> like pranks that's kind of a way to go about it like yeah. so what I do is blah 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 so they think I'm doing blah blah you know like prank related stand-up I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> some good old prank stand-up <laughs> you know the type yeah. um, <laughs> oh that's great so what would you say that you like love the most or struggle with the most about comedy well, what I love the most is probably that you get to do it every night and get feedback on something you wrote that day. 
it's just so fun and that it's just you you don't have to like consult with anyone else it's just very like and that could be lonely but I like that I like that it's just all on my terms um and the immediate response from the audience all of that stuff um, which is so different from music and what I've done with that um what I don't like about it I mean probably just that you have to like you just have to bomb you know it's just part of it and it's so painful and (laughs) you know no one likes to bomb and we talk about bombing and how like oh that's just part of it and but then when you so you feel like you're like okay with it but every time you bomb like it still feels awful so you still have to go through it even though you know that it's normal like the pain is still real (laughs) of bombing so yeah I'd say that's probably my my least favorite thing about it (laughs) probably most people's too (laughs) I don't think anyone's like this is my favorite part is when people don't think I'm funny <laughs> I think there's some comedians especially like higher like really like high level who are like I love bombing and then like winning them back and like or I just uh, I love a good bomb you know but I don't think I'm there yet maybe I'll get to that point but <laughs> some kind of like masochistic sadistic comedy where it's like I love when I'm doing terribly and then being like ha proved you wrong I felt terrible and you felt terrible but now we all feel good I did it. It's like, whoa, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right, right. Totally. It's very, ma- it can be very masochistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be kind of a masochist to like endure what comedy is in a way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So then kind of on that note, is there any advice that like you've received that's really stuck with you um, about comedy or is there any advice you would like to give younger comedians on like based off of what you've learned through your career yeah I was early on told just to get up on stage as much as humanly possible and it's kind of like bummer advice but that really (laughs) is the best thing anyone could do is just you know three times four times a night if you can't if it allows or every day at least just I mean that is how you will get better you notice that when you're on stage that much you notice things about your jokes that you wouldn't otherwise perceive like you just start feeling things in a different way and it's it's just like it's the only way to practice like with with viola i could practice for hours alone you have to practice in front of an audience so just as much as humanly possible get on stage and then what would i add to that i guess or especially early on when like no one's really watching like take a lot of risks because it gets harder and harder the the more you the more people are watching the more you're like you know oh this person is going to be in the room and see me if i bomb like people will remember more cuz they know who i am like it's obviously still okay to bomb no matter what level you're at but when you're new like it doesn't matter at all you can like really do whatever for a while like so just like experiment like don't get like locked into something too quickly like really like take risks on stage because like when you're in your first like year or two like no one's watching so just have fun and like I as someone who struggles with being very like rehearsed and tight on stage sometimes like I just I'm always trying to like take risks where it's where I can where it's okay so take risks get on stage a bunch <laughs> write every day okay I'm giving a lot of tips now but, <laughs> oh, but those are those are great tips like just getting out there not fearing failure yeah. yeah, like like early on, 
I was doing a mic and there were like two people in the audience, which are other, the other comedians. And then one of them was like one of these like guru guys who like think they're a comedy guru. Really. He was only like a couple years in, but he was right. like, you're, you're funny, but like, you really are, you need to like get up there and like, just be in the moment and like bomb and like say whatever. And he like took me to the Creek in the cave. And like, I took his advice. I like, went on stage at the Creek and like, didn't do any of my planned jokes. I just started like kind of riffing and like commenting on the room and like it felt really liberating like it's not like i killed or anything but it was like a good thing for me to do and i was like you know six months in or something just that that risk like do something that scares you yeah so, yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> um so yeah do you have any we're starting to wrap up a bit on time do you have anything you want to promote like i'm not gonna say what so like do you have anything you want to promote before we close out <laughs> Yeah, so I got a podcast called Good Timing with Isabel Hagen, where I talk a lot about, you know, music and comedy and the overlaps and interview cool people. Uh, and then I have a web series on YouTube called Is a Violist that you can check out. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Isabel Hagen underscore. So those are my things. And, you know, shows coming up that will all be posted on my Instagram. So... <laughs> Like awesome. Trailing That's... off a little bit. That was a very sad self promotion. <laughs> but you know, if you want to help me, you can follow me. <laughs> you enjoyed this podcast. You can, <laughs> you can see me perform in other places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Wait, anything else you want to add? Um, <laughs> you know, just to enjoy enjoy your day. And this is, you know. Thanks for listening to this podcast. The hosts are very good, nice people. So support them. Like you're a good, nice person. This is great. Thank you for coming on. Coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week. <laughs>